<laughs> wow, it's been forever since we've recorded, which I know, dear listener, you probably don't don't know that, but it's been a while. Yep. Yep. Yay! I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And welcome to this week's show. This week we are talking about modern day vampires. Yeah. Ooh. I want to talk about vampires. All right, guys. So <laughs> that's where we're at today. James, how have you been? Been okay. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm sapped though. I don't know if it's the weather or what. I think that cosmically there's something going on because we're in the same boat. Like, yeah. It's been overcast here a lot. Yeah, it, it's literally rained like for four days straight here. Gross. I like, I very seldom sleep in. But this morning, I woke up and I looked at my clock and it was 8.30. And I was like, what the heck is happening to me? <sighs> but part of the reason I did that, too, was because Gwen is insane. actually, yeah, staying with her grandparents for the week. So it's just an empty nest with Alex and I. Yeah. Was, yeah. She's having a blast, though. She's having a She's blast. She's thrilled to not have us around. Yeah, when we <laughs> dropped her off with her grandparents, we were giving her a big kiss in the car and saying, I love you, can't wait to see you soon. And she gave us a hug and then she just goes, will you get out of grandma and grandpa's car? And we're just like, are you freaking serious? And then I, I was shocked. I said, Gwen, just like that. And then she goes, will you please get out of grandma and grandpa's car? I'm like, all right. So, That's awesome. Yeah. We've uh, we have been at home though with Louise because Louise hurt herself, our puppy. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. What happened is that she took a step out in the backyard and one of the discs in her spine slipped out of place and it hit her. It's it slammed into her spine at such speed that yeah. it actually bounced back into place, but it bruised her spine. Her spinal cord. Yep. So her spinal cord. Yeah. And so, but. She's she was like paralyzed on her back left leg, but it's actually working again. Yeah, it's, you know it's, it's a little weak, but it's getting stronger every day. So yeah, that's been our life lately, James. I'm sorry that you've been so overcast. No worries. You get any new spiders, James? How's uh, that? How's that poisonous spider? It, it bite you yet? Funny enough, uh, Chai actually molted last night, wow. and I'm rehousing it right now as we speak, and it's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> because you're terrified of being bitten. Well, no. See, that's the that's why I decided right now the fangs are too soft to to bite me. Oh, uh-huh. but Chai is very stubborn. Is the why it's not going well. Chai does not want to leave that little test tube. Just dump it out. It's not. Nah, I don't want to stress Just it. Shake it out. I figured for sure it would come out to explore, but it's it, it won't leave the test tube. You know what I do, James? Whenever <laughs> I have to get a spider out of my house, I just get a cup. And I put the cup over a spider, and then I put a little piece of cardboard underneath the cup. Right. And then that's how I move it. Yeah. That's that's actually what people do for tarantulas, too. Uh, in this case, all I'd have to do is tap their butt with a paintbrush, and they would walk out. I just would rather they come out on their own terms. That makes sense, especially with a, a spider that could put you in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're spiders. They're, they don't need a therapist afterwards. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think you guys, it's time for our hearty hellos. Good deal. Do you want to? Do you want to say hello to all of our lovely listeners around the globe? No, let's not do it. This no, week. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, and also, before we get into our hearty hellos, I just wanted to make sure everyone's aware because I I realized that uh, somebody I know reached out to me via the Thirteenth Floor Instagram, which if you want to follow us, it's at Thirteenth Floor Podcast. 
Um, but somebody reached out to me via another means and we're like, Hey, I reached out to you on Instagram. I just wanted to let everybody know that I've actually handed the keys to the 13th floor Instagram to James. Yep. Right, James? That's right. Yeah. So if you reach out to our Instagram to talk to me, I'm not going to be answering you. It's going to be James. James might pretend to be me. James, you better not pretend to be me. Oh, it's too Insta. late for that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So if you do want to talk to me specifically, please email us at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com, and that is where we can converse. Mm. By the yeah. way, if you get any uh, notifications about a car loan in your name, don't worry about it. Oh, um, James, <laughs> I swear to goodness. Well, I want to say hello to our listeners around the globe, okay? All right. And today we're going to give a hearty hello to Belgium, which oh. just makes me want to eat a waffle. waffle. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, South Africa, to all of our listeners in South Africa, awesome. be safe. Um, and then in the States, we want to say hello to everybody in North Carolina. Ooh. That's where my finger landed on the map today. Mm, so No, let's not do that. That's Tar, Hill. That's Tar Hill country. We're cats fans here. You sound so country when you well, say that's that. That's why I did it. Tar Heel. Tar Heel. Tar Heel. Tar Heel. This is cat. We're from cats country. Oh, my God. Oh my Wild God. cats. <laughs> Jesus. That's his, his James impression. That is not my James impression. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's better than your attempt at a James impression. Yeah, my James impression is like, howdy, y'all. How you doing? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, James, you do say things, and it's just like, whoa, I heard the country twang. Uh, yep. But it's it, been a while. And it's funny, yeah, because I don't normally hear it, but then every now and then I hear a little yep. country twang. And then I do it, and I'm like, I hate I hate myself. <laughs> so anyways, hearty lows. Um, 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 what about our icebreaker? Oh, yeah, we got to do that. Sometime. I think that we should go unconventional because it's like, what can we ask? And be like, who's, your, who's your favorite vampire? No, yeah. we're not going to ask that. What's your I think favorite blood type to drink? Team Jacob or Team, I don't know what their names are. Edward. Gosh, get yourself together. There we go. I'm embarrassed for knowing that, though. <laughs> well, most people know it just because it's called pop culture reference. It's like 10 years ago. That movie, I before I met you, Alex, a guy took me on a date to that movie. Mm. The second one. And we I got knew there. it was not meant to be. Yeah, I got there because he was like, I'm going to surprise you. And he took me. He's like, I'm taking you to the movie. <laughs> he took me to that. And I was mm. just like, all right, num- number one, are you serious? Like, this is what you took me to? And then we get up to pay. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Oh, and I was like, all right. Snap. So not only did I have to sit through that unbearable movie, it was the second one, which actually is the better one, in my opinion. But I had to sit through that movie. But I also mm. had to pay for the tickets to that movie. Dang. Unforgivable. Oh. <laughs> um, For what's worth, I would never take you to that movie. Thank you. Even if you and wanted that's, to. That's what- <laughs> 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 I would never ask you to take me to that. Um, Maybe that can just be your icebreaker. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, okay. Mm. I'll go ahead and go. Okay. Premonition, starring Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh, seen that one. my God. I mean, I've, I've seen bad movies. Like, I've seen a ton of bad movies. And this one may not even be the worst one, but this is one movie I, I actively tried to fall asleep during in the theater, <laughs> which has never happened before or since. Wow. Like, I, there's probably worse movies, but this thing was boring. It just, it just got to you. And, and it may have been a bad day uh, to maybe, be seeing yeah, this awful, maybe you... terrible movie. But no, not a fan. 
It's not good. Is that the movie where it's like there's the mailbox? I don't remember. I was probably asleep. <laughs> no, I, I, I never fell asleep. I don't remember the the whole thing. You blocked it out but because no, you she, were so she dramatic. Like, she like keeps saying, "I think her husband died or something." This is awful. I can't remember. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the movie is awful. Yeah, it is awful. <laughs> Uh, you had that one locked and loaded, Alex. It was like, yeah. I asked that question, well, you're immediately like, this is it. It's the only movie I have tried to go to sleep during. Okay. Hmm. All right. Like in a theater. I've never done that. I, I can't sleep in a theater, so it wasn't going to happen. James, what's your answer? Um, Man, that's a tough one. Um, You know, I don't dislike the Tom Green show. I think it's a funny show. Um, I don't, I don't dislike his sense of humor, in other words. But Freddy Got Fingered was just awful. Never seen it. Yeah, well, you're not <laughs> Am I missing out. Thing? Uh, that was one of those movies that was big when it came out, like in yeah. my age group, because you weren't supposed to be seeing it. Yeah, um, well, that's why it was big, it. was because it was so shocking. It was literally stuff that, like, you you couldn't fathom them getting away with in a movie. Therefore, it, it, it's kind of like uh, imagine if South Park bigger, longer, and uncut wasn't funny and had no discernible proper narrative. That's pretty much like if it was just the, the envelope pushing jokes and nothing else, no songs, yeah. no, no interesting story, no fun characters, just, just Tom Green being really over the top, like really over the top. Yeah. James, I'm a, I'm just going to trust you on that one. Cause I, I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, even the name, goodness. <laughs> I'm just going to say the the Twilight movies just because I gave my little <laughs> spiel about them. They're not the worst movies that I've ever seen, but nothing's really coming to mind because I'm the type of person that like when I watch a movie, unless it's really good, it's just out of my brain. It's <laughs> like I forget that it exists. Yeah, like I've definitely seen worse Same. movies than yeah. Premonition, like Premonition, but I'll never forget that it, experience. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think that it's like, you know, my brain only has so much space to remember things. So bad movies, they usually don't make it up there into the memory. Mm. Yeah. Well, and most of the, like, just god awful movies that I've seen, they were at home, probably. Like, you know, I didn't on spend TV. money on most of them. All right, you guys. Well, that's our, um, our icebreaker. Maybe. Yeah. I hope James. you're thinking about all the things you hate right now. Well, hopefully James will post something on our Instagram about it, right, James? Sure. Yeah, James. <laughs> James is going to post about it. Okay, I think it's time to hop into modern day vampires. I can't wait to go first, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Alex, <laughs> when we came into this episode, dear listener, Alex was under the impression that he was going first. It was just <laughs> wishful thinking, really. Um, but... <laughs> James was like, Cece's got to go first. So here I am. Honestly, James, I know that you you want me to talk about modern day vampires, but I feel like mine actually does have kind of like an old school kind of twist to it. Mm. So I want to apologize to Aiden who submitted this topic. Mm. And I hope that I'm not letting you down. And if I am, you can blame James because he helped carve out the topics for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you can message Cece at yeah. Instagram. I was going to say, hit me up on Instagram. I'll, I'll send you Cece's pin number. As, as- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyways. Um, so I am going to be talking about some real life diseases that kind of perpetuated the idea that vampires of the mortal variety are real. Mm. Um, the ones that can like turn into bats and sleep in coffins and stuff like that. Mortal or immortal? Immortal. Did I say mortal? Yeah. No, you should have. Okay. I thought well, she said immortal. 
Oh. Yeah, Alex, you need to open up the, the Play back letters. the tape. Play it back. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start first, and I'm going to talk about a disease that almost everyone has heard of, I'm pretty sure, and that is tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a lot of information for my segment from a blog on visible-body.com. Or it might be there might not be a hyphen in there. It's called visiblebody.com. But do you guys know what I think of when I think of tuberculosis? Waverly Hills? No, I oh. don't actually. I think of the movie Moulin Rouge. Ah. Uh, oh my god, I forgot. I gotta change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my mom loved that movie. She I would- think of the wind rises, I think. That's the wind that rises? that's that Hayao Miyazaki movie about right? Isn't that his final movie? Oh, is that? The wind. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's called The Wind Rises. CC, that's the only, that is the only Miyazaki movie CC ever saw with me. And it's like the worst one. Wow. Yeah. You got to watch Palm Poco. We've watched, uh, we've watched <laughs> you Totoro. You, pa- you, you weren't even in the room for most of Totoro. Whatever. Don't judge me. Okay. I did like the, uh, you know, funny before. enough, Totoro comes up in my segment. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look yeah. at. Totoro was James a vampire I, all along. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> okay, let me get back to tuberculosis, you guys. Hmm. We went off on a little tangent there. Um, but you guys, this is another little tangent. Um, when I was in high school, somebody caught tuberculosis at, oh. at my high school. And a lot of people had to go and get tested for it. Wow. And I don't think that anybody tested positive, thank God. But yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's it's Pretty rare nowadays, but that's just one incident in my own life. I think that that's what I would think of first when I hear about tuberculosis, but no, it's Moulin Rouge. Anyways, back in the day, back like way when, before people knew what germs and bacteria were, it was much more common. So for some time, people who fell ill with tuberculosis were to believed to have been maybe a vampire, you guys. Ooh. Yeah, because you know they're coughing up blood. <laughs> so if they're coughing up blood, maybe they drank the blood. Uh-huh. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and they're also believed to have eaten upon other people. So when someone gets tuberculosis, what happens is that it ravages its victim's lungs. It's caused by a bacteria called myobacterium tuberculosis. And some of the symptoms include uh, crazy weight loss. The person becomes really frail and weak. They have a fever. And then also the coughing up of the blood. So when people would catch this way back in like the 17 and 1800s, which by the way, back then some people wanted to catch this disease because it made them skinny, which I think is just like it was considered fashionable to be in the shape that people were in when they had this. Isn't that scary and weird? But TB is spread through air. So if someone has it and they cough and breathe or spit on someone else, it can spread. So it wasn't uncommon for tuberculosis to circulate through families. And there's one really famous case that happened in Exeter, Rhode Island in 1892. There was a woman by the name of Mercy Brown. and She was 19 years old and she did unfortunately catch tuberculosis and she died from it. And it's important to note that her mother and older sister had died of TB years before her death. But... After Mercy dies, next thing you know, her brother Edwin starts to get sick and everyone starts flipping their lids. They're like, what is happening? The only explanation was in those people's minds was there's got to be a vampire that's at play here. That's the only thing. So as poor Edwin is declining in health, the local authorities are like, we've got to figure this out. 
that this vampire cannot continue to wreak havoc on our community. Mm. So they decide to exhume the bodies of Mercy and her mother and sister to see which one is the vampire. And so they pull out the bods. Wouldn't you know it? Mama and Sister Brown properly decomposed because they had died years before. So that makes sense. Then the townspeople look at Mercy and they're like, she's barely decomposed. She's only been in the ground or technically in a vault, in a cold vault for about two months. So she hadn't really decomposed at all. There was still apparently some blood in her body. So they caught the vampire, you guys. And the, the only way to stop her, at least in their minds, was to cut out and destroy her heart and liver. Yep. And then they made a little juice with it, a little what? potion or whatever. Yeah, and they gave that to Edwin to drink so that oh. it would protect him and he could recover from his sister's vampire ways. They turned him into a wendigo. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, I don't think cannibalism is a good way to treat vampirism. That's what, they, that's what he did. <laughs> but sadly, he did end up dying two months after that happened because uh. drinking your sister's heart and lung tissue isn't going to help you survive, TB, you guys. Just that's a heads up. That's a shocker. Yeah, but that is how tuberculosis is or was tied to vampires way back in the day. But let's move on to rabies. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people kind of consider more so to be like, maybe that's like a werewolf disease. But there are arguments out there that actually point some fingers at vampires versus werewolves. And I didn't know this, but apparently some myths suggested that when a werewolf died, they became a vampire. Oh, James, yeah. do you know about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course James knows about that. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but I did not dive down that rabbit hole during my research. So my sincerest apology, sweet listener, maybe it's something that James will cover on a future episode. But mm-hmm. in 1998, a guy named Juan Gomez Alonso outlined some factors of rabies that could have perpetuated the vampire myth way back in the day. Um, and I'm not going to go on the science behind rabies because we actually did that in our zombies episode flipping ages ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like two, I think it was April 2019. Long time ago. And it's titled Zombies 101. It's one of our actually lesser listened to episodes. But if you, if you haven't heard it, that's what you can go and look for. It gets very dark. Alex talks about Soviet experiment involving dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I talk more in depth about rabies in that episode. But here's some of the reasons that rabies can be linked to vampires per Gomez Alonzo. One, people with rabies lose control of themselves and vampires were thought to be just absolute savages. So I guess maybe that's like a looser connection for that one. Two, rabies is usually spread via bite from an infected animal, right? Mm-hmm. Vampires consume their victim's blood by biting their necks. Just beep, right in the neck. They suck Ooh. your blood out. Hum. Three, people who die from rabies, the last steps ahead of death are usually suffocation or cardiorespiratory arrest. So they might hemorrhage, have blood coming out of their mouth, and then people are like, oh, they were just eating blood. It's really their own blood, but that was the reason. And then lastly, um, when vampire lore started to really circulate around Eastern Europe back in the 1700s, there was actually a very big rabies outbreak in dogs and local woodland creatures. Hmm. So some people are like, maybe that's a connection. And then the last medical disorder um, that I'm going to discuss that may have fueled vampire speculation is porphyria. Right, James? That's how you say it? Yep. Porphyria. And this is actually something that's more common these days. It's not like, you know, you don't hear about too many people catching TB or rabies 
but porphyria is a blood condition that is usually inherited and it's typically not caught. So people are still affected by it today just because it is genetic. But mm-hmm. way back when vampires were starting to get a name for themselves, people didn't have the medical knowledge and just didn't understand this disorder. So there are different types of this disorder, but more common ones are acute porphyria, which affects the nervous system, and then cutaneous porphyria, which affects the skin. But the way that they work um, is that there's an issue that affects the production of heme. Is that how you say it, James? Yep. Heme, H-E-M-E, which is a part of hemoglobin in blood. And the disruption of creating that heme can lead to chemicals called porphyrins. Porphyrin, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they build up in an affected person's body. And this disorder can lead to a slew of symptoms, some of which have been tied to vampire myths. Yeah, you're supposed to have porphyrins in your body. They they bind to the hemoglobin and, and help circumvent its effectiveness in, in certain circumstances. But it's the accumulation that's the problem. It's the accumulation, you guys. That's that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, ZZ, for, for telling us about that. Yeah. Uh, well, one symptom of acute porphyria is red or brown urine, which some people believe may have been a sign that someone was drink- drinking blood. It's like, you know, you drink the blood, it goes in red, it comes out red. You know what I mean? So um, some people kind of point to that and say, hey, maybe that person's a vampire. But apparently, according to a professor at Queen's University named Michael Hefferson, before the medical community knew how to treat this disorder, some doctors actually recommended that patients drink animal blood to compensate for the problem with their red blood cells. Yeah. So, blood. And then another symptom, this one of cutaneous porphyria. One type of cutaneous disorder is called porphyria cutanea tarda, a.k.a. PCT. And affected people are just extremely sensitive to the sun. So it can cause these blisters and redness on your skin. It'll get super fragile. Plus, you still have that red and brown urine, too. But you guys, vampires aren't supposed to go in the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people with PCT have to limit their exposure to the sun. So way back in the day before people understood this, they're, you know, that might have been a red flag. Like, hey, Harry down the street always blisters up when he comes outside. Maybe he's a freaking vampire. Yeah. He stays inside his little dark house with his windows drawn all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's not irrational. I mean, imagine if you met somebody like that today, somebody who didn't go outside until after dark and who routinely is is purchasing bags of animal blood. You know, you, you'd immediately think, oh, okay, this person is totes a vampire. It's a, bit, it's a little bit suspicious. It's a little bit weird when you put it in those terms, James. <laughs> but the last two symptoms are pretty quick, and then I'm going to pass the torch over to James, who's going to say some stuff that's going to just upset us all. But um, let's quickly talk about vampire fangs. So another symptom of porphyria is that if you have lots of attacks, it can lead to like facial disfigurement and your gums may recede, which may make you look like you've got bigger teeth. Yeah. And people might go fangs. Harry's got fangs. And Harry's just like, oh, brother, it was a mistake to come out of the house today. So I picture poor Harry. And then lastly, garlic. I love garlic, but vampires are supposed to hate it. And unfortunately, people who have porphyria could be triggered to have an attack um, because garlic has a lot of sulfur in it. So if garlic gives someone an attack, people might think that the garlic is affecting them because they're a vampire. Like, you know? Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of information, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, though. But now I'm going to pass the torch over to 
Sir James. James, <laughs> what are you talking about? I am talking about modern day serial killers whose behavior mirrors that of a vampire. Um, I didn't realize you were talking about serial killers, James. I thought you were just talking about modern day vampires. Well, sort of. I mean, these people are, many of them think they're vampires. Uh, well, we got to clarify, I don't think there are modern day actual vampires. And if there are, they wouldn't want to be revealed on our podcast. So we're going <laughs> to talk about <laughs> vampire serial killers. Um, so, yeah, and some of these really, like, they 100% think they're vampires. They claim to be vampires. Some of them might even be vampires, possibly. Um, so, yeah, let's start with, in my opinion, the funniest, which is not funny at all, but it's the funniest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that kind of story. These are all dark, but James Reva, when he was 23 years old, uh, he shot and killed his handicapped grandma. Yeah, I know. You're thinking, oh, my God, that's awful. Well, here's the thing. The gun was loaded with gold-painted bullets. So that's weird. Like, right off the bat, like, why did he do that? Why did he yeah. paint the bullets gold? And I've never heard of anything about killing vampires with gold bullets, so whatever. Uh, but then he drank her blood, and then he set her Ugh. house on fire. So, you know, that's something that happens. And uh, when they arrested him, he explained, like, you guys don't understand. Um uh, she's a vampire, and she used to drink my blood, turn me into a vampire. I'm actually 700, and she's actually a lot older, and that was actually the deal. I was getting too uh, fed up with regular blood, and I needed something stronger. And, you know, elder vampire blood, it's so much better. And uh, that charge, they, they were very skeptical of that, and they, they said they didn't believe him. So then he said that she attacked him. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't pan out. He, he went to jail. For obvious reasons. <laughs> it didn't pan out. He <laughs> went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't like, oh my God, you're free to go, sir. Turns out your grandma was a vampire. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of people in the 21st century who did this weird stuff. Marcelo de Andrade, similar thing. So he was born in uh, uh, Rio de Janeiro in a slum, and he was not treated very well as a kid. He was beaten. He was molested. He didn't have running water. All that's kind of a perfect storm for a very screwed up uh, psychological state. Well, uh -huh. in 1991, he decides to go on a killing spree and he kills 14 people, all of whom were young boys, and he raped all of them and he drank their blood. James. Yep. Ugh. So bad stuff. So he actually said that uh, children uh, go to heaven when they die before they're 13. So he did them all a favor. That was his, his claim. He's in a nut house oh. even now. He actually escaped in 1997, and they caught him. So, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Nico Klo is – this one's particularly – well, it's not particularly dark. These are all fucking dark. But uh, he worked as a mortician. So, red flag right off the bat, you know, in, for this list. No, no offense to morticians. Um, so – his apartment was searched one day because uh, he was actually just arrested for uh, a potential murder, right? Well, when they arrested him, he, he confessed. And so they checked his apartment and they found a whole bunch of skeletal remains, blood bags from the blood bank. And uh, he straight up said, he's like, yeah, I eat, I eat meat from people. And uh, 
uh, I eat flesh from the corpses that I've been working on as a mortician. How messed oh up is that? God. And uh, I'd like to drink blood from time to time. So they, they sent him only. They only got him for one count of murder because everybody else was already dead when he ate them. Um, everybody said, this is not okay. He needs to be locked up. But they gave him 12 years in regular jail. And he served seven of them. And now he has a murder-themed art website. I am not kidding. And this is wow. his statement on, on the website. <clears throat> this website is my only official website. This is how I imagine he talks. <laughs> I have worked hard to improve myself through the development of artistic abilities. I cannot erase the past, but my goal is to channel that negativity I have caused into pure creativity. I do not encourage other people into doing the things that I have done. The spiritual and social prices that you pay are far too high. So yeah, that happened. <laughs> should we be should we be poking fun when he can come at us? Yeah, that's a good point. He's having a battle. <laughs> um, this one is incredibly dark. I mean, all of these are dark. I know I keep saying that, but uh, the little girl killer in Japan, uh, one of the most, actually the most. Let's be real. This is the most notorious killer in Japan from eighty eight to eighty nine. He killed several little girls, four of them, uh, from four to seven. He did sexual things to their bodies. He drank one of their blood, and he ate one of their hands. So that's messed up. He also terrorized the families, sending them letters and postcards where he described what he did. And he never repented. He was actually one of the few people in Japan sentenced to death. Uh, 97, they sentenced him. They executed him in 2008. And... Like, his name is just anathema in Japan. Like, you don't even talk about this guy. But one person decided, possibly, it's speculated, to sort of kind of talk about this guy. A lot of people have noticed that my neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away tend to have darker themes than people realize. They tend to have some metaphors to them. Uh, Spirited Away, in particular, could be compared to human trafficking. Well, my neighbor Totoro could be compared to children being lost on the other side in another world, in other words. Um, mm-hmm. And he, some people have likened this and, and thought that the inspiration from this was actually the otaku killer. So my neighbor Totoro might be uh, Miyazaki's way of working through that really traumatic material in, in the social zeitgeist Lord. in Japan in a more positive way. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I really liked that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, but you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you can do that with a lot of his stuff. Anyway, yeah. Um, two of my least favorites um, on this list, and, and by which I just mean, again, <laughs> I if, if, say. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Vlad, I would, uh, I would be much, much more interested in impaling them than anybody else so far. Even though the others are, I think, are crueler, these guys just creep me right out just looking at them. Highly recommend you look at them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Daniel and Manuela Ruda, German couple, uh, in 2001, they killed Daniel's coworker and friend. They were friends with this guy. They stabbed him 66 times. They hit him with a hammer and they drank his blood. Then they had sex in Manuela's coffin. Let me say that again. Manuela, the, the woman, has a coffin that they had sex in after murdering Daniel's friend, okay? No. So when they were arrested, they explained that their friend here 
was just such a funny guy. He was so funny that they thought, oh my God, you know who would love this guy's jokes? Our best pal, the devil. I'm not making this up. So they thought, you're so funny. We love your jokes. You got to meet our pal, the devil. So they killed him to send him to hell so that he could entertain the devil. And uh, they were they had no remorse for any of it. They threatened the witnesses. They flashed satanic symbols. And, of course, this always pisses me off when this happens. This could be a soapbox for me. Daniel was sentenced to 15 years in prison. For whatever reason, his wife was sentenced to 13. Like, why? They did the same the thing. The same thing. Yeah, and that always kills me. You see that all the time. It's so weird. Um, now, I saved the the best, and by which I mean the worst, for last. Um, and that is Richard Chase. Richard Chase, holy moly. He's also called the Dracula Killer and with good reason. So in 78, well, actually, you know what? Let's backtrack a little bit. Let's backtrack <laughs> to Chase's childhood. When he was a kid, he was known to kill animals. And at least on one instance, he was witnessed drinking a bird's blood. So right off the bat, it's like, wait a minute. You're a little kid. You shouldn't be murdering animals, and you certainly shouldn't be drinking blood. Nobody seemed to think this was exceptionally odd at the time. But when he gets uh, his adolescent years or or late childhood years, he starts going in and out of of psychiatric hospitals because, holy moly, what a crazy fella. Fast forward to uh, 1977. He is found in a field naked and covered in cow's blood. Spoiler alert, he killed a cow and drank its blood and and smeared it all over himself. So they put him back in a psychiatric hospital. Okay? But I am not kidding. I am not kidding. The psychiatrist who was in charge of Chase's well-being decided, you know what, Chase? You you have just made a tremendous recovery here in, in a very short span of time, far less than a year, by the way, far less than a year. Uh, you can handle all your own issues from now on. You're free to go. I am not joking. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. So fast forward less than a year, January 27th, 1978. He kills Evelyn Miroth and Daniel Meredith and Miroth's six-year-old son and another lady who, for some reason, they didn't name in Sacramento, hence the name the Dracula of Sacramento. So he, uh, before all this, he assaulted sexually Miroth with a knife, and then he killed her, and then he mutilated her body, and then he removed some of her organs, and then he filled them with blood, and then he took them with him. He shot Meredith in the head. So he gets arrested, as you might imagine, because how far can you go with all this stuff going on? And they, ch- they search his home, and it's just full of blood. There's blood in the blender. There's blood in the sinks. There's blood everywhere. Nobody even knows for sure where he got all that blood, but he'd been drinking it for quite a while. Quite a while. So, 79, he goes to trial. His attorney says, this guy's pretty nuts. I agree. (laughs) The jury did not agree. What? Yeah, right? They actually convicted him of six counts of first-degree murder and sentenced him to death, which never happened because he actually killed himself in San Quentin, December 26th, the day after Christmas, 1980, a year after trial. So... That's the story of the Sacramento Dracula. Holy moly. There are so many things that went wrong in this story that could have fixed a lot of things, but everybody dropped the ball, apparently. 
Dios mio. That happens a lot more than it, it should, does. to be completely it honest. It does. Alex, what are you talking about? All right. I'm going to be lighter than James. Wow. Just a little Thank bit. Big shot. Just a little <laughs> bit. I'm just going to talk about, like, the, the the vampire you can walk, you might see when you drop your daughter off to, at school. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, um... <laughs> So yeah, most modern vamp self-identified modern vampires are kind of weird. No, you would expect that. Um, and that it feels like they kind of pick and choose things from vampires and pop culture sure. and just kind of implement them into their life. So yes, like vampire cults do exist, <laughs> but they're they're not really prevalent. Um, most vampires. Just so you know, just so we don't make any vampires listening mad. <laughs> um, most vampires are spelt, they, like, they have vampires spelt with a Y instead of an I. And that is to dispel the typical ideas that and like tropes that are associated with vampires with an I. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is the real reason. Okay. So we're talking about vampires with a Y. So... Now, most self-proclaimed vampires with a Y are individualistic in that they they don't really belong to these mat. There's like there there are no massive cults of vampires. Like, Is it kind of like every single movie you see? There's like a little like in Twilight. They've got like a little group of vampires that just hang together. Do they have those? Yeah, I, I would say it's Third probably cousins, yeah. yeah. I would say it's probably something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And and some self-proclaimed vampires are just, they're kind of just next-level goth. Yeah, more than I mean, anything. I think that's a pretty good description. Well, I mean, it kind of, it's funny if you look at the evolution of vampires. In the Balkans and in uh, the, the Slavic states, you know, you had these ghosts. And then Bram Stoker turns these ghosts into physical beings, but they're hideous. And then fast forward like a long time to the middle of the, well, late 20th century. Uh, well, mid 20th century. Then you got, uh, shoot, who's that actor? You know, Bella Lugosi. Then you got Bella Lugosi. He makes them attractive. And then Anne Rice makes them full on sexy. And that's when you see all this subculture stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it becomes cool. Um, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, so these like next level goths are like what I call the lowest Maybe the most accessible and maybe societally most okay tier of vampirism. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, these people, they dress all in black. They do the typical hyper emo thing. And they go to clubs that are expressly for this type of lifestyle. But that, that's really kind of about it. Uh, mm. Apologeticsindex.org described it like this. They said, but most of them are fixated on life's darker side, a subset of the gothic cultish following who wear the same black clothes and dyed hair and listen to the same bleak music and poetry. They are obsessed with vampire novels and attend parties at downtown clubs wearing 19th century clothes and imitation vampire teeth. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I saw some documentary about vampire cults where it's like they do drink blood but it's like one of them will be like oh i'm gonna drink your blood tonight it's like they have like a little truce i'll drink your blood you can drink some of my blood yeah, yeah it's very hygienic much. yeah <laughs> yeah very very hygienic but yeah like but but th- these are these are not this group is not drinking people's blood okay the, the these specific are just... group that i'm talking about this is 
this is a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing that bottle blonde hair, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampire style, like just mm-hmm. hyper blonde. Hot. Yeah. So, yeah, hot. Uh, so the next level is so I'm what I'm doing is I'm going from the bottom to like least vampire to most vampire Okay. Uh, the next level is big fans of this uh, role-playing game at Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade. James <laughs> yeah. is probably one of these people. Yep. Um, so these are super fans and they're known for being like, so you know Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. So you see like, people get really into it. it. So it's that type of thing. And, and, and it, it's a it was a board. It was a role playing game long before it was like a, a video game, board role playing, a game? video game, oh. role playing game. Oh, and people get really into it, like really. Yeah, into there was it. like so a politician a- who like got into trouble because he was a conservative politician, and they found out that he played that game, and like I think it cost him his his election. Not even kidding. Um. So that's. <laughs> they, like, these people they dress up like vampires, and they even like will sleep in coffins. Like, that seems I, excessive. I'm saying the super. These are super fans, not just casual players. Super fans. I feel like that'd be so uncomfortable. Yeah, and I will say, like this, even though this is a lower tier of vampirism, things have gone too far uh, with fans of this. Mm-hmm. So there's actually, and this did happen, an actual vampire cult of teens based out of Kentucky mm-hmm. in the no. '90s. Uh, yeah, so it's the always 90s, the nineties. What was with the nineties? Yeah, Is it that right. this interview with a vampire came out? <laughs> yeah. So they these teens went down to Florida. They had a friend down there who they wanted to induct into their cult. They induct her to a cult. They drop her off over at her boyfriend's afterwards. And then two of the boys, who are like the leaders, they go over to this girl's house. And they murder both of her parents. Oh my gosh. And then her sister finds the bodies at, in the later on like in the morning. After this happens, the the main guy claimed after he was arrested very quickly because he was tricked by uh, the this lady's grand one of their co conspirators' grandmother. Um, the guy, <laughs> the guy claimed to be a five hundred year old vampire by the name of Visago. <laughs> and he said all of it, he, he said his four followers called him maker and yes, yes they did drink blood and yes it was likely each other's blood <laughs> the next level is like the vast number like, like like the previous i would say probably pretty pretty harmless by the way Visago's a demon from the lesser key of solomon okay no. sorry yeah yeah that guy that guy. Um, so the next level, uh, uh, the next tier above this. <laughs> again, most vampire masquerade people don't go around killing people. Just to <laughs> establish why this is a little above it um, is the Colin Robinsons of the vampire world. Oh, I love the Colin Robinsons. <laughs> so for those that don't know, this is a What We Do in the Shadows TV show reference, and these are psychic vampires or energy, energy vampires. vampires. <laughs> That's right. And they just kind of—I uh, just pictured them sucking the joy out of life, like this wonderful character Colin Robinson so who was good. on the show. And that's just—they just drain psychic energy. They that, exist, they man. They really I agree. Do, they? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> they really do, don't they? Um, the next is the—I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Next is the Sanguarines, and these are people who do drink blood. Okay. 
oftentimes it's something like cow's blood, but they will drink each other's blood. They will even get blood, what are called blood donors, who give their blood for vampires to drink. Sometimes they're subservient to the that's vampires. The, that's the some, documentary I saw. And sometimes they're not. Um, some, I, I'm, I just picture like some guy on the street, like instead of a drug dealer, he's just like, here, here's some blood. No. Dumb vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these are the simps of the vampire world. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> So, lastly, we get the highest level, which is, like, the blood fetishists. Mm -hmm. These are the people who get, like, sexual pleasure from drinking blood, giving blood. This is, like, sadomasochism type people. You know, maybe surprisingly, eh, unsurprisingly, these people definitely exist. Kind of like James was already talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So James's people. Yeah. So that, that that's not that's not a whole lot of fun, but I will say like the idea of a bunch of people reading sad poetry to each other like and pretending to be vampires isn't is pretty funny to me. Those I feel like those but that, were that was the gothic ones. Those were all the people that I saw Twilight with in the movie theater. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was all those people. Okay. <laughs> all right, you guys. I think with that that's modern day vampires. James, is there anything you want to add? Uh, no, I think I'm good, man. That's that's it. Like James is speechless, Alex. After you talking about your subcultures. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Oh, Alex has got a poem for us, James. Go blood, for it. Blood dripping on my teeth. Blood, blood. I like it like I do beef. Wow. Wow. <laughs> If you guys listen to Alex's MBM podcast, he always rhymes at the end of that. That was a pretty weak rhyme. That was a bad one. Yeah, leave me alone. <sighs> All right, you guys. Well, I think that with that, that's modern day vampires. Aiden, I hope we did your topic justice. It's time to draw from the vase, baby. Pick up the vase. And let's see what we're going to talk about next week. Oh, wow. All right. A song. <laughs> you guys, next week we are talking about... Ghost ships. And the person who submitted this topic didn't leave their name, so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Ghost ship. Lollipop. Yeah. Strictly Ghost ships that are ships. show up in your bedroom in the middle of the night and terrify you. Strictly those types of ships. Those ships do not <laughs> do not sound pleasant. All right, you guys. All right, next week we're talking about ghost ships. Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Amazon. Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, you guys, we hope that you can keep keep it strange. strange.